Thank you very much indeed, Victoria, for your ministry installment tonight. And also to thank Pastor Craig for his invitation to come and to take the mission. It's lovely to be here. And I've never been here before. And uh, when you go to a place for the very first time, you can read people's thoughts. And stand up right now, all sorts you've heard me before. And he's stuck as a bit of a grace to come out to, to put up a view here. Well, I know I can read your, 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 your minds. Because if you haven't heard of it, you haven't heard me before, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Is he any good? And a lot of what you have said, here, is a good enough engagement. <laughs> but then the one thought, oh, the one thought that's going through your minds right now, I know. That one big question that's running through your mind right now, oh, I can just hear it. It's a long minute. <laughs> well, it's lovely to be here, and it's lovely to share the mission of the Share Fellowship with Pastor Craig. He and I have fellowship together about two years ago when he was the assistant on bridge. He and I and Pastor Peter went out one day for a cappuccino and a scone, and it was a blessed time of fellowship. And what made it more blessed and more special, Pastor Taylor Bedford. <laughs> if I had a new life, I would have for a jar of square as well. But it's lovely to be here. Now you should come out every night. It's only for a week. And we have been praying for it until the king and we just, we know you've been praying for it. And come out and support it, not just by your prayers. Your prayers are most important. But come out and pray. Uh, with your support us with your presence, please, and bring others with you. Uh, as I said, I'm not long-winded, you know that tonight, and I'm here to preach the gospel, and will certainly preach it with God's help and with God's power. Now let's try to be word of prayer together. Oh God, our Father, we just pray now that you'll still all of our hearts, that, Lord, we will hear your voice above my voice, and we just pray tonight that we'll really hear the very voice of God. And if there's anyone tonight here that's still a stranger to grace, who knows nothing of the joy of sins forgiven, that Lord tonight your Holy Spirit himself will enable to enlighten the darkened soul and draw out for salvation tonight. For we pray in the Saviour's name. Amen. Now if you have a copy of God's word with you tonight, we're turning to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, please. And if you don't have a Bible with you, don't you go for it. You just listen. And I'll read it slowly and we'll read it clearly. And if that means you're sitting beside someone and they don't have a copy of God's Word, maybe you'll be kind so to share it with them so that we can read the Word of God together. Matthew's Gospel, please, chapter 13. And we're beginning to read at verse 24. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, and verse 24. And another parable to he, the Lord Jesus, spoke unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, 
Then appeared the tares also. And so he said, Hath of tares? He said unto them, Another me hath done this. And the servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them till the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in the bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And we end there this evening, and we know that God will bless to our hearts the reading of his own precious truth. My text for tonight is something. It's verse 30. Let both grow together. Let both grow together until, until, until the harvest. Let both grow together until, until the harvest. Because the harvest is going to finally sort everything out. But let both grow together until the harvest. You know, when I read through the Gospels, one of the great things that stands out for me is how the Lord Jesus Christ preached. Every time you hear the Lord Jesus preaching in the Gospels, man, he preaches with great simplicity and preaches with great, great clarity. Preaches so simple that even the youngest child can understand. And I think that's the kind of Gospel preaching we need to get back to today. My goodness, when you think of that wonderful parable, the parable of the lost sheep, my goodness me, if there ever was a gospel message in any parable, it's that one, isn't it? You know that big parable, the parable of the lost sheep. And in that parable, there are three pictures. Number one, there's a picture of the lost sheep, and it's lost, and it's unaware of the danger that it's in. And if you're not saved tonight, that lost sheep pictures you. It depicts you tonight. The lost sheep speaks of the lost sinner. And maybe you're in this meeting tonight and you're not saved. And like the lost sheep, like the lost sheep, you are unaware. You are oblivious to the danger that you are in tonight. You see that lost sheep on the mountain, wild and bare, is exposed to the wild beasts that was there at that particular time. Ah, but in that parable there's not just a lost sheep, you know. Don't just get taken up with a lost sheep. Get taken up with the loving shepherd. You see, the loving shepherd doesn't let it go there. Oh, not at all. You see, the shepherd loves that lost sheep. And then he knows the danger that that sheep's in. And so he goes to all lengths and all breaths to seek that sheep, to find that sheep before it's too late. Maybe you don't see a friend tonight, this mission, even though it's been convened by the congregation here, but this mission's of God. Why? Because God has given you, my own see a friend, the opportunity. To come to him. To be found of him. To be forgiven of him. 
unto no life eternal. Ah, but in that parable is a third picture. It's not just a picture of a lost sheep and a loving shepherd. There's another picture. It's a picture of a lovely scene where the sheep is found. And before I finish this message, that tractor's going to go as well. <laughs> but you know, tonight, there's a loving scene where the sheep is found. And where that sheep is brought safely back to the fold again. And there's great rejoicing. Because you remember what the shepherd said. Come and rejoice with me, for I have found the sheep. That which is lost. Wouldn't it be lovely? If this day, the 1st of October 2023, that you, you would be found of him, and you would know the joy of sins forgiven. But you know, we come to this wonderful parable again this evening, and again here the Lord Jesus paints another picture. He paints a picture this time of an agricultural scene. Here we have two great extremes. We have two sores, we have two seeds, and then there's one expectation, and that's separation. You know, friend, first of all, I want to speak first of all tonight on the certainty of harvest. He paints this picture tonight of harvest, my new harvest. It's a powerful time of year. You see, first of all, there's the certainty of the harvest. What is harvest tonight? What is harvest? What does the season represent? Well, let me tell you what it represents tonight. It represents a time of reaping. That what we have sown. It represents a time of gathering in what we have scattered out. It represents a time Oh yes, when we when we gather in that which is sown. I want you to notice verse 24. Notice this now, it's springtime. It's springtime. Because it says here, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his faith. It's springtime in verse number 24. And you know it's springtime. Harvest seems so far away. You know, when I was a wee nipper, not only a couple of years ago, when I was a wee nipper, we spent our springtime, my brother and I, out at my Granny Armstrong's. And Granny Armstrong had a field, and she used to grow spuds and, sorry, that's potatoes. Potatoes. Somebody said to me one time, what's the difference between potatoes and spuds? I find spuds taste better with butter than potatoes. But anyway... We used to sow seed potatoes. And I can remember it yet. And you would start the whole day going up down the field, dropping the potatoes. Up and down like a yoga. All day. And you spent all day sowing potatoes. And until it took you the full week to straighten back up again. You know, the farmers don't know they're living now. Oh, you just don't know you're living. I was talking to a farmer about a couple of years ago, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and there was this other farmer come down, and he was driving a tractor as big as a lorry, big as a lorry. And there he was driving up and down the fence, and saying, you boys, you, you, you don't work the way farmers worked years ago. And he says, look at that man there, driving up and down that field, and with a big pair of earmuffs on. 
Jesus was the boy that got nowhere near most for ages. They can remember farmers begging we great Ferguson's right. How some people remember the great Ferguson's? We Ferguson's. That's God's good. Lovely. But anyway, <laughs> I remember them too, brother. Don't keep worrying. I remember them too. And there was no earmuffs. There was no even a road going. And he says, look at that boy there. Driving up and down that field. Earmuffs on him. And there he is. What's his name? Not earmuffs. He says, what are they? What's his name? Headphones. He's driving up and down there listening to people talking. <laughs> was that true? But I remember springtime, and uh, you know, when you're reading the bird, uh, you know, springtime, when a springtime, harvest seemed, it seemed so long ago. You had the whole summer ahead of you. Oh, harvest was just like a lifetime away. And you know, when I was young, I had dreams. I had dreamed of days that I thought I would never see. I remember when I was in school, oh, don't talk to me about school, but I remember sitting in school, I dreamed, oh, I dreamed the day when I would finish my last day of school. And I tell you, I thought that was a, a day I thought I would never see. I went to Octopoy Primary School, and then I moved from primary school, it's now called the Ochenacloid College. Back then it was called Ochenacloid Codex because it was like a prison. And I was born in a prisoner of war. And we had a wee headmaster. He definitely was a wee Hitler because he was a Oh, Desper. I hear it scoop. And the slowest thing ever moved was that clock on the wall from 9 o'clock. Isn't that right? And if you were sitting in a class with an old cross teacher, oh, I'm telling you, oh, I'm telling you, it stuck. It's got three o'clock. The only thing I looked at at school was a three o'clock bed. Oh, or not even mentioned. I in the old class. And uh, thankfully, I was never caught mentioned. I was cute enough. See, when you were early along the border, you had to learn how to shoot. You had, you had to learn how to do it. But I'll never forget the day. I'll never forget the day when I went to room number five from the school bag and I healed the school bag or the, the textbooks out on the table, and I says, Mr. McCrum, that's me, finished the school. And he says, George, are you not, he's a beard on him, he says, George, are you not going to stay to do your GCSE? And I says, Mr. McCrum, no, are you? There's no money to be made sitting behind a desk reading and writing and reading and writing. No, no, I'm going out now, and I'm going to uh, had a wee part-time job there at home, I'm going to go there. At 15 years of age, I left school. And I can see myself being walking down the Dungannon Road, school bag over my shoulder, whistling. And I got to the back door of our house, and opposite our back door there was a coal house, and in the coal house there was a spade. And I got the spade, and I took the spade and my school bag to the bottom of the garden, and I dug a lovely wee grave. <laughs> it's what, I, I call it the Sadducees grave because you see the Sadducees they didn't believe in the resurrection and there and there I buried my school bag and I can guarantee you now my school bag was never going to see <laughs> but that was a day I thought I would never see and then I dreamed the Lord Oh, what would it be like? What would it be like, I wonder? To get the wee blue nations. 
to get me own power, to have me own freedom. And then I hit 17, got the wee blue license, bought my first car, a Chrysler Sunday, DOY 1017, 717 was the registration number. She was a great remover. She was a great remover till I locked her out and had her one day. And I was reduced to an Austin electro. Ah, uh, you know, I was humbled as far as the, the cars were concerned. And, and then I thought about it another day. When I would meet Mrs. Gray. Oh, I wonder what my wife would be. She'll need to be good looking because I'm a good looking guy. <laughs> and then I remember about a social one night. Some of you young folks might have had a social. I remember going to the social one night and I turned around and I, I seen this, just like that, seen this girl with curly hair. And I looked at it while I was taking a heart attack and what was happening. My heart left. And I asked her up for a game and I've got for a game and, and I fell for her. I you through five on head over heels first night. Not often that happened. I went over head over heels and I kept my eye on her all night and I had a wee packet of polo mints with me. And I went over to her and I said, I'm taking a wee polo. She says, I will. And I happened to say to her, well, where do you live, dear? She says, I live in Guildford. That's County Down. I thought you meant Milford, which is outside Armagh. And uh, so I happened to say, well, plucked up the courage. Can I leave you? And she said, no. <laughs> <laughs> but nine months, nine months later, I knew, I knew there was a couple of other old fellas in there that I were. I stood in the eye on her and I said to myself, well, if I don't make a move very quick, I will, I will miss out. And so I asked her the second time, and the second time she she knew the first time she made a bad mistake. And she said yes. She said yes. And then three weeks. Three weeks. I asked her the morning. Three weeks. And, uh, and she said yes. And then a year later, when I married. And then I dreamed again. And I says, I wonder, I wonder what family we will have. We will have one or two, maybe. Half a dozen, maybe a couple of dozen. <laughs> <laughs> but then we got married in March 1990. Not going to forget that date. March 1990, 1991, August, we had a wee baby girl born. Rebecca's her name. And then in January 94, we had a wee boy. Nathan's his name. Then I often wondered would the Lord spare me long enough to see them married. And in 2018, Nathan married a lovely girl called Rose. And in 2019, uh, uh, the daughter married a lovely fellow called Scott. And now they have got children. Now they have got children. And now I'm a grandma. But we have to tell you folks in all seriousness. I stand here tonight and I wonder where has time Gone. Where have the years gone? You know, friends, tonight the hymn said, Life at best is very brief. And it's true. Life's brief tonight. And life's passing us all by this evening. 
And you see, you may think tonight, I have all my life to live. I'm young. When the time you friend, you may have a long life. The first coffin I ever had on my shoulder, the things you do for the first time, you don't forget. And the first coffin I ever had on my shoulder was that shoulder. And inside that coffin was a wee boy who died tragically at 14. At 14. And then tonight, this is why I implore you and I am pleading with you to think seriously that if you were to die tonight, if life was the end for you, friends, where would you be in eternity? Where would you be? You see, in this parable tonight, there's two sores and there's two seeds. Just two. There's two crops in this field. There's not three crops. There's not four crops. There's two crops. And there's two crops in our wee land tonight. And they're not Protestant and Catholic. There's two crops in our two types of people in our land tonight. And they're not Baptist and Presbyterian. Friend, there's only two types of people in our land tonight. There's only two types of people in this world tonight. Save or lost. That's it. That's it. Save or lost. Tell me tonight. Be honest with yourself. What do you belong to tonight? Are you on the side of the saved? Or are you on the side of the lost? You may say to me, oh, my pastor, but Paul, I think I'm all right, you know, because I go to my church every Sunday, and I'm religious, and I have my own beliefs, and I can just believe all that you believe, but I still believe in God, and I still believe in the resurrection. Ah, but friend, listen, if you think tonight that that's going to get you into heaven, friend, you're fool. You're fool. And yet there's many believe that. Oh, I'm going to heaven already because I'm this. Oh, I'm going to heaven because I'm that. I'm going to heaven because I do the other thing. But let's say tonight, that's true. Let's say tonight, you can get into heaven because you're good. Let's say you can get into heaven because you're religious. Let's say you can get into heaven because you go to church. Let's say if that's true tonight. Well, you know what I think? God was some food. To allow his son to go to that order of a cross at Calvary and to suffer the agony and the anguish and the pain and the shame of the cross. God was some food, but God was no food. Why? Because there was no other good enough to pay the price for sin. He only could unlock the gift of heaven to let us in. You see, friends, this evening, the Bible says we are all under sin. That's it to me. It brings us down to the one level. We are all under sin. That's why the Bible says we all have sinned. We all have sinned. And have come short of the glory of God. And this is why the Christ Jesus came. This is why he comes so long ago into this world. He came to seek and to save you, which is lost to me. How did he do it? How did he do it? He didn't come to start a religion to do it. No. He came to go all the way to Calvary's cross. He was there made sin for us so that we may be made the righteousness of God in heaven. You see, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
and the very wrath and judgment of God fell upon him. And through the shedding of his precious blood, he paid the price so that you and I could be saved tonight. You and I could be saved. Oh, you see, friend, when I look into this parable tonight, I see the good seed all, but I see the tears. I see the tears. Oh, there's more than the wheat. There's the tears. And you see the devil comes. And you see when God starts to work, when God you begin to think things that you never thought before. Read the title of this. Six weeks before I became a Christian. You were God first spoke to me. I didn't even know it was God. You know when he first spoke to me on a bar stool? Sitting in Ivan Corns' pub and knocking a glory. I was sitting there drinking a pink of tannin. And I was watching the bubbles go up the glass. And this thought came into my head. Is this it? Is this life? Is this all I have? Getting up in the morning. Getting your breakfast. Going to work. Coming home. Getting your tea. And then going to bed. Is this it? Because if this is it. I don't have a life. I have an existence. And you know that's true to me. And for six long weeks. And I used to love going to the Valley of Hell on a Friday night to the dancers. Silver Burgess Noma for the, for the disco. Loved it. Lived for it. Looked forward to it. Used to get the courier, parole courier, and see who was in the valley on a Friday night and the Silver Burgess Noma on a Saturday night. Lived for those nights. But since that night, since that night, I didn't want it anymore. I didn't want them place anymore. Now, if you'd have said to me, six weeks you're going to become a Christian, I'd have outside that pub door to see where the pigs were flying. I had no notion of becoming a Christian. You know something? Even though tonight you may have no notion of becoming a Christian, God can still speak to you. And God can still speak to your heart. And maybe there's somebody here tonight, and yes, and yes, you've been thinking about life differently. You've been thinking about yourself. You know, if I was to die, where would I really be? And maybe you're here tonight and you feel empty. You feel that your life is not what it should be. Oh, there's something missing. There's something missing. I can't put my finger on it. I can put your, your finger on it tonight. Let me tell you what's missing in your life. It's the Lord Jesus. Because the Lord Jesus says, I am come. I am come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Listen to me, the Lord Jesus hasn't come to give you a religion. Religion is no beauty, because the Lord Jesus is no religion, he's a reality. God's not a religion, he's a reality. Because he's a reality. To me, I can stand here tonight and say, none of Christ can satisfy. There's none other name for me. There's love, and there's life, and there's everlasting joy. Lord Jesus, found in me. You know, the Lord Jesus gives us everything to stay the doesn't he? And he gives us something to say about And he gives something like me to show you about Oh, let me tell you, friend, only Jesus satisfies tonight. Maybe you're here, and tonight you're not seeing. Oh, I know tonight the picture's not great in this parable. Because it's not just the certainty of the harvest, there's the clarity of the harvest. There's the time of reaping. And you know the time of reaping will come. But thank God tonight I just don't present a crucified Saviour. I present to you tonight a resurrected Saviour and a soon returning Saviour. And friend, he's able to save those to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Oh friend, you know what the Lord Jesus says. 
The Lord Jesus says, I am the door. And he says, by me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved. And listen, it doesn't matter what you've done. He welcomes you with open arms. I was preaching at the 12 Orchards Drive in there two weeks ago outside Newcastle. And Alec Rod was singing with me. And as the meeting was over, this young lad, 22 years of age, come running up the field and into the wee platform where we were. He says, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. He says, I'm sorry. Come on ahead. I have all night. Even though we're all meeting and pouring out. I'm sorry that meeting can be. And that wee lad came and he says, you know, my life's in a mess. And he says, well, listen, that's the first step you've taken, son. And to admit your life's in a mess. But let me tell you, I can point you to one tonight who can turn it all around. I will counsel them from the Holy Scriptures how God by His grace sent His Son to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for Him. And I says, Son, what about Him? What about Him? That we lad, you know, he says, I want Christ. He says, you can have him. But he says, God, but there's grounds in which you have him. He says, what's up? There has to be repentance. You see, there's an easy gospel preached today. If you come to Christ, you can live as long as whatever way you want, as long as you find a wee time. This doesn't work like that. Jesus said twice in Luke 13, except you repent. And then that be fear and the joy of leading that wee lad to the Lord. And you see, when I went up to do the mission, to, to, to preach the tent mission on the Armour Road, that same thing. I was in getting the time, time of prayer, and who come over? Who come over to us? Only the way now that I've seen in Newcastle. You see, the Lord Jesus welcomes sinners. Him that cometh to me, I will in no ways cast out. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, that's the hope of the gospel tonight. Ah, but listen, I was going to finish with the clarity of the harvest because it says here, let both grow together until the harvest. You see, they both grew together, but the harvest was going to come. The harvest was going to separate the good from the bad. And you know, friend, there's a day coming. There's a day coming when God is going to finally separate the saved from the lost for all eternity. And when that day comes, friend, when that day comes, you need to make sure you're ready. The Bible says it is appointed of the man once to die. But after this, the judgment, and on that day many will say unto him, Lord, Lord, open unto us. Did not we preach in thy name, prophesy in thy name, and in thy name the marvelous works? And the Lord's going to say unto a lot of people that day, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. You know the great fear I have today? I mean, tell you what the great fear I have today. I have this great fear that many people are holding on to a false profession. 
Friend, the bigger you really stand. Be you truly born again. And if you're truly saved and you're truly born again, friend, all you want to do is to live that life out for him. The Bible says tonight the Lord Jesus said, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have a listen to verse 17. This is verse 17. God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him may be saved. Oh, have you been blessed? In harvest time, it was the old sickle that came. And used to swipe and sway along the roots, taking with it everything that was in its path. You know, friend, there's an unseen sickle today that's taken everything in its path and it's called them. Death. You just remember how many young people went out into eternity just like that this year. I think since this year has been gone, how many people I have known are now in eternity. And the sickle of death is coming for all of us if the Lord turns. But here's a question I'm going to finish with. Where will the harvest leave you when the time of reaping comes? Where will it leave you, friends? What you choose to do with the Lord Jesus will determine what he will choose to do with you. That's why tonight we cannot take the risks. That's why we're to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. As the old hymn says, Be in time, be in time. While the voice of Jesus calls you, be in time. If in sin you longer wait, you will find no open gate. Your cry will be too late. Be in time. Let's bow to be word of prayer. Again. Now before a closing prayer. I want every head bowed and every eye closed to read and I want God's people to pray. Every Christian, you get on the praying ground. If there's anybody here tonight, over this last week while God has been speaking, and tonight has answered questions, you feel tonight that God has been speaking. Now I am not into opinions. But if you think 
the come and speak to us tonight. We would love to talk to you, Pastor Craig and myself. If you come along with someone who's a Christian, just say to us, love a wee word with you. And we're certainly not here to force you in the end, and we're here to help you. And show you from God's word how to be saved and know yourself. But come and see us. Lord, for these closing moments, we pray that, Lord, that thou would draw very near. Give the saving grace tonight. And we thank you, Lord, tonight that we believe already you're passing this way. And we pray, Lord, tonight that there's any in our meeting that's not ready, prepared for death and prepared to meet God, that this thing will be the name. Through your own enabling, they will turn to the sea. While in mercy, he is calling. We pray in the Savior's name. Amen.